Hi, you're listening to The Retail Perch with Shekhar Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Retail Perch. We hope you guys have been following us and listened to the first few episodes. We're going to be talking about some fun topics today. I think we're going to love talking about this. Hopefully, our listeners are going to have as much fun because this is about the future. This is not so much about problems and challenges, but I think... The current set of circumstances with COVID and has put people into a different frame of mind when it comes to technology and adoption. I see that some strange way this whole uh, pandemic has accelerated at least people's mindsets about adopting technology and seeing how they can make the most of what they have with the current situation. I think we've seen that acceleration of adoption of a lot of new and different things, both uh, really across the supply chain in this industry, but also across consumers and shoppers today, right? Looking for different ways to engage, you know, more and more of them engaging digitally. They don't want to handle paper anymore. They're looking for new services in store. They're looking for contactless shopping, transacting, delivery. All these different things are, I think, signs of that. So let's say three to four years as we've been around events and conferences, we've seen a big buzz around e-commerce and i think maybe for the first uh, year or so people thought it was a fad but i think we all come to agree that it's here to stay it started making a huge impact and there's more people who've tried e-commerce maybe in the last four months than have ever before absolutely i forget the specific number but some significant portion of the population over the last what five months six months has shopped online for groceries Many of them repeat buyers now and have very much changed their shopping habits. You know, we've seen retailers that have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, even seen their e-commerce business grow seven and eight times over the last five to six months. Do you think they've been facing any challenges? Yes. We saw a lot of this early on in the first month or two of the uh, pandemic. We saw a lot of overload issues where retailers' systems just couldn't keep up with the the crush of traffic. We saw a lot of user experience issues with people shopping online and only after getting through the checkout process, understanding there were no delivery slots available or maybe three quarters of the products they thought they were gonna buy were not available, a lot of issues like that. And the big one that we've seen is a real focus on order fulfillment because nearly every retailer out there is still fulfilling orders manually, which means somebody is getting a grocery cart, going up and down the aisles with that order, filling it, right? And and as e-commerce has now exploded to, in some cases, significant levels, it's really putting a push on the retailer to have to do this profitably. So does that also then kind of separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of platforms and technologies that may be out there that are probably challenged with not handling this kind of load? Yes. I think we're going to see that as we continue on here. What I'm seeing across the retailers I speak to is over the past month or two, e-commerce has maybe sort of plateaued at a much higher rate than where it was, but it's beginning to ramp up again as people have become more comfortable with it. More retailers are becoming used to how to operationalize some of these things. But I think we absolutely are going to see a sort of sorting out of winners and losers here. And you don't have to go far to see this. Just looking at the media, Walmart, clear winner in this whole thing, right? In online grocery, Amazon, of course, 
Kroger growing significantly in that area. I think to the point you just brought up, we're going to see a lot of retailers understanding the importance of user experience, while many others still don't get it. I still remember the mid-90s when e-commerce exploded. People were still very about maybe ordering certain types of products online. Like yeah. you would probably never order clothes online because I think people got the feeling that you have to try them on, look in the mirror before you buy a piece of clothing. But now there's zillions of online fashion retailers. People sell eyeglasses online. So are we saying that this is going to be a point where people get comfortable with ordering produce online, that they don't have to go and pick it up and it's just a matter of time? Yes. I think we're going to see more and more people. Ordering packaged goods is now well accepted. I think we're going to see more and more people becoming comfortable ordering fresh food, especially as retailers' systems improve, their ability to engage with the shopper real-time as that order is being fulfilled. And sort of keeping with our topic here today around technology, we're seeing a stampede towards micro-fulfillment center technology, so automating the fulfillment process. I talked with a really neat company the other day that has got an AR application uh, using uh, augmented reality glasses to guide a picker in the store to the right product. Think about the application of that in Fresh, right? Knowing that Mary likes her bananas a certain shade of yellow or green or whatever, having that information displayed automatically in the glasses as that picker is going to select that product. That's way out there, that's awesome. So what about, I mean, with all this rush that's happening, how do retailers make this profitable? I know this adds obviously significant operational costs. I'm sure there must be startups and technologies that are coming in where this becomes scalable and economical. And that's where automation comes in. There was a study I saw and I have somewhere on my computer that showed the difference in cost between fulfilling an order manually, somebody going up and down the aisles picking it, versus a micro-fulfillment automated approach. And the cost difference was almost tenfold. So, wow. yeah, so that's the type of technology and automation that it's going to take for retailers to make e-commerce profitable. An idea just flashed in my head. I'm going to throw it out to the listeners. If somebody, if there's a sharp entrepreneur out there who wants to pick this up, go for it. I think personally for me, I would love this experience. If I could pre-build my shopping list before I walked into the store and scan some kind of QR code or barcode, at a kiosk that would read in all the items that are sent to store and could automatically deliver to me at when I leave the store. And I, I go about picking up my fresh food. I finish the transaction at that point and pay for everything in one shot, pick up my products and leave. So I don't have to go down the center store. I'm just interested in the fresh and perishable stuff. What you're describing to me is what I think of as a hybrid store. Think of a, a traditional store today and then divide it in half. The front half of the store being all fresh foods that you still want to pick out yourself, select your own steaks or fresh tomatoes or whatever. But all the packaged products are being fulfilled through some kind of automated process in the back room. I can tell you there are retailers already today designing that type of a store. Some of the micro-fulfillment center tech companies have designed their systems so that it can be, believe it or not, put in the middle of a store surrounded by a glass wall. So it almost becomes a showpiece in entertainment where just as you described, you order all your package stuff before you go to the store, order it as you walk into the store. 
And by the time you go select all your fresh foods and check out, the box of packaged products is there waiting for you. I mean, that seems like such a fun shopping experience. And so going up and down it, the aisles, yes. you know, get your stuff done and just go around the periphery and walk out. Yeah. Some of these companies are even going further where your packaged products or whatever you order is being automatically fulfilled. There's at least two of these companies that are developing robotics so that that shuttle will flow from the back room out into the parking lot, come to your parking space where you can just throw it in the trunk of your car. We'd love to hear from our listeners if there are any retailers out there who are thinking about redoing a few of their stores or remodeling it. I think this is where the future is headed. And I'm sure we're going to start seeing stores in the neighborhood that are starting to reset based on this model. So both reset and this also really changes how retailers think strategically about store location. Because no longer is it location, location, location in regard to a traditional store, right? Now, it may be a retailer chooses to put up fewer traditional stores, but drops automated fulfillment centers. So a case in point, Kroger's doing this. Many readers know they did a deal with Alcado a while back, building large automated fulfillment centers. Kroger is broken ground on one some months back down in Florida, where they don't have any stores. So it looks like Kroger is using automated fulfillment to break into new markets without having to put up stores first. I mean, that sounds super exciting. So, I mean, with all of this, obviously there's lots of data to be processed. These systems have to be intelligent in terms of reacting in real time. Misused buzzword of the times is currently AI. I'm sure there's a huge role for AI to play in these decision systems and doing things in a way that make this economical. AI is driving all of this, right? It's AI that's helping power up computer vision cameras that are able to recognize that they're selecting the right product. It's AI powering optimization of inventory, of ordering, all of that. We're seeing that automation, not just in e-commerce fulfillment, we're seeing that automation coming into the store more and more. Robots going up and down the aisle, again, employing AI computer vision to understand what products are out of stock in real time, are products in the right place? Is the planogram being held to? We're seeing robotic floor cleaners. Walmart's rolled out robotic floor cleaners in hundreds of stores now and is continuing to grow that. So we're seeing automation everywhere. These are happening during store hours or are they happening outside of store hours? So the robots going down the aisle, scanning for out of stocks and so on, that's 24 hours a day, they navigate around people in the aisle and so on. Floor cleaners, typically at night, so either the store is closed or it's much slower and quieter. But again, these machines have the intelligence to navigate around people. So we're in the Jetsons era, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Italy only just beginning. As I gave you a preview of in the coming paper I'm going to be releasing, a Retail 4.0, I think the next big area of automation is going to be around process, business process automation. You know, the example I commonly use is think about the process a retailer goes through to decide whether to carry a new product. They may look at movement data, look at syndicated data. Once that decision is made, what's the right price for it? How much inventory do we have to order? Where does it slide into that category planogram? All those things. And those are decisions being made by people, dozens, even hundreds of people at the largest companies every day. 
think of all those processes being automated through AI-powered software bots. This stuff's going to literally change the world. And I think this is going to happen much faster than, than many think. The weekly ad is sacrosanct for a lot of retailers. And I've heard nightmares about how the planning process works of putting together items in an ad. And it seemed like on many cases, people are just pulling out products out of their head. I think this will do well on the front page without having any firm data. And I guess there's obviously plenty of companies that can provide intelligent solutions about how to plan your ad but you feel some of those things are going to become more automated. And I think we're going to see marketing become automated. And think about what a company like Birdseye does today with personalization. That really lends itself towards automating a lot of that marketing process at a scaled level. I think we're going to see some exciting things coming along here. But let me ask you about a couple of technologies. I know we've talked about voice different times in the past. And we seem to see a focus on voice sort of ebb and flow in industry discussions. What are your thoughts around the, uh, the use of voice? Voice can be very disconcerting if it's used in the wrong places, clearly, right? And there are still people that get freaked out about Alexa speaking in their home when they didn't ask her to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but clearly, you know, voice is incredibly helpful when you're on the car and you're trying to navigate or even asking your favorite assistant to play the right kind of music. I think voice is I think the first place it's gonna really impact people is on a planning. So if I can just have a conversation with my grocery store uh, through a voice assistant. So I'm at home looking at my refrigerator and I can say, Alexa, add organic milk to my list and add a few things to my list or ask a question like, hey, uh, is there a coupon on Tide today? Simple questions which I think can easily be answered by a digital voice assistant. Logically, it seems like that's the first place because then you don't have to pick up a phone, open up an app, type something in and search for it. It just skips through that entire process and somehow keeps the entire thing natural. Yep. That's definitely on the roadmap here at Birdseye that we're working on. But in the story, Gary, I think that's an interesting approach. I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, we did an internal beta demo. Uh, you had items on a list and you walked into the store and the app would essentially whisper in through your Bluetooth headset, hey, your first item is in aisle two. And then you'd say, okay, where's the next item? And it would say it's over in aisle four. That's a little bit more creepy. <laughs> I think creepy is relative, right? So I think what we found, what we thought was creepy 10 years ago is no longer creepy. That's right. You know, stop and think about that mother or father in the store with a couple of young kids that are trying to manage them. They don't have a hand free to look at their shopping list or look at the list on their phone, having that voice-guided navigation through the store could be really, really cool. Or even AR. I mean, think about wearing a pair of glasses. You walk into the store, you don't have to lift a finger. You just look in through your glasses and see your list. And maybe you blink twice and it checks off an item or, you yeah. know, whatever it is. But I think it's pretty exciting as to what technology can enable and still keep the natural flow of shopping alive. What I've seen an issue with is when technology tries to interrupt natural flow of shopping, it doesn't seem to get much adoption. As long as it can integrate with our natural flow of how we do things, voice and AR have a great place in the process. Yeah, I agree. Maybe said another way, as long as technology can help augment that natural flow with additional information, guidance, help, and exactly. so on. Yeah. I think another piece of technology that 
a lot of people have tried for a long time and we've seen many variations of it is self-checkout. Whether it's a self-checkout POS, uh, which is obviously now taken off in a big way, or it is completely contactless checkout through your mobile app, which is something yeah. like an Amazon Go does. And I've seen so many variations of different kinds of software vendors trying to come up with solutions. Do you think there's a place for it in the future? So I personally believe that we are going to see Amazon Go-like technology go big and go fast, powered by AI, computer vision, all that, right? That right. is making it real. I mean, we've seen the, the first Amazon Go store was opened up well, maybe three years ago, two and a half years ago. So 30 months. And already that technology scaled from a 2,000 square foot store to a 10,000 square foot store, Amazon Go Grocery, right? That's opened up with fresh produce, random weight meat packages, et cetera. So Amazon has taken that technology and scaled it just in 30 months to handle loose produce and different things. Imagine what another 30 months was gonna get us. I think that's gonna go, go big. What about stores that are not necessarily outfitted with all the equipment that you need to do an Amazon Go? Is there, is there still room for somebody who will just scan items into their phone and go? We are going to see alternatives to your point. Some of those are going to be around smart cart type technology that the cart senses what product you're putting in there through computer vision. The app-based stuff where you rely on the shopper to scan products and check out, not necessarily a big believer in that. There's a good number of retailers that have offered that. Walmart tried it and then pulled it back. The different retailers that have experimented with that have also seen their shrink increase significantly. I think that approach may not yeah. be with us for the long run. I guess that may work for a convenience store where everything is visible, but yeah. not so much for a store. Right. Clearly, there's companies that are out there that are trying to do this. So if there's any retailers who've successfully tried any of these, we'd love to hear from some of these guys. We talk about digital, right? So I think, Gary, you've been talking about digital for the longest time and how it's kind of like the Uber loyalty. If you can get a shopper digitally engaged, they yes. are typically Uber loyal to you because yes. you just have more connection points with the shopper. I know a lot of stuff that we've been talking about here is about digital engagement, it's about technology. What, what we mean by digital engagement is ways for the retailer or the store to connect with the shopper through digital means in terms of communicating with them. Where do you see the importance of that going? It's already highly important and it's only becoming more so. As we started out by talking about today, we've seen an acceleration of technologies because of the COVID pandemic. And this focus on digital is absolutely one of those. I've talked to retailers that prior to the, the COVID-19 crisis sort of blew off the importance of digital. They relied on their paper ad and so on. All of a sudden have become converts. It's all about digital now. I'm seeing nearly every retailer I talk to understanding the importance of digital and really focusing on it. And I think a growing number of them are understanding that digital engagement implies the need to be relevant to that individual shopper. And I think we're gonna see a lot of work in this space. I know you're a big Starbucks coffee drinker as well. I'm guilty as charged as well. <laughs> uh, the reason I bring them up is I think they started off uh, with a very simple app where you could enroll and just pay for items in the store. 
which yeah. I thought was fantastic because now it started putting everybody into a habit of reloading that card and paying for it in the store. And then they started associating points with those purchases. And now those points now translate into rewards. And now I, I get push notifications a couple of times a week about offers and deals. Got to be honest, a couple of times I've gone for those BOGO deals because me and my wife want a latte and I get one free. They're a classic case of how they've very thoughtfully ramped up their digital engagement and really refined their loyalty over time. No, that's a great example. I'll give you another one. It's Home Depot. I was recently in a Home Depot store with my son and we were searching, I forget what we were searching for, but something. And went up and down the aisles looking all over. And finally, my son opens the Home Depot app up and said, oh, I forgot. I can just use their app. It knows what store I'm in. I just type in what I'm searching for, instantly told us what aisle to go to. And there it was. Reminds me of another company that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right, right. I think digital engagement has so many forms which can really simplify the shopping experience. One of the things that I have in our conversations with retailers, I've told them is that I think the real battle nowadays is really for mind space. Everybody is battling for a share of your time and the space in your brain, whether it's Netflix, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, what have you, right? They're all want you to spend a few minutes on their platform so you don't forget them and they can keep you engaged. One of the places that maybe the retailer is losing out and not doing enough is to stay relevant to the shopper in their 24-hour day. And if the only time that they're thinking about you is when they're ready to go shopping, you're losing a lot of opportunity to stay engaged and connected with that shopper. Completely agree. This whole topic of digital engagement is one that we could certainly spend the whole episode on. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're going to do, folks. So we're going to spend the next episode just talking about the in-store experience, the shopping experience, and how we think it's going to evolve. My guess is after this episode is done, we'll continue talking about this. (laughs) Most likely. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully you guys are having as much fun as we are on this show, uh, listening to what we have. And again, we'd love to get your input and you want to be on the show. We're happy to get you on as a guest and get some conversations going here. Any closing thoughts, Gary? Exciting stuff to talk about, a lot going on, and a lot more coming. All right. All right. Great talking to you folks, and we'll talk to you soon. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off.